Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. I'm Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today we wanted to revisit what could go wrong. We did one episode already of what could go wrong. One, so this is what could go wrong. Two. <laughs> and uh, so we just have a few other th- topics we didn't get to in the first episode. Mostly, as I was saying earlier to Tim, is just I think a lot of these things are being uh, forewarned is being for for no being being forewarned is forearmed being forewarned is forearmed (laughs) so knowing that these are things you might run into in advance are things that you mean means you can be better prepared for them when they happen so one of those things we were going to talk about was bugs we were just (laughs) saying earlier about one of our in our episode with pete park we were talking about him they'd gone in the spring somewhere up way up north i can't remember now where but just the bugs were just insane <laughs> that just like coated in and bugs um and you know just the standard things you have to do when you're running into bugs is try to wear long sleeves try to wear long pants you can do deet in terms of bug spray a mesh clothing um, hats with sort of mesh face coverings having a mesh dining tent if you're front country we've got a little device called a thermocell which um, just lets off a, some kind of odor, I think, that the bugs don't like. It's got a heat source inside that kind of heats up this little pad that disperses the the odor. Citronella, I've never found particularly effective, I don't know. And mosquito coils, I've never also found particularly effective. Mosquito coils, actually, and citronella, now that I think about it, uh, you know, back to my days in scouts and, and, and much long ago camping. The coils, I find, work okay, but you have to be wherever the smoke is going, <laughs> so you get to suck up the wonderful chemicals that are burning away there, so m- maybe not. Maybe not a good health thing yes. to do, <laughs> although losing all that blood to that many mosquitoes, who knows? I think that that pretty much covers it. it I get not wanting to put DEET on your skin and have that absorb in, but I can tell you from having to try a couple of the other non-DEET ones, they don't work, man. At least yeah. they don't work for me. I got, yeah. My experience has been pretty crappy with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got, I've got a couple of natural things that we tried to. Actually, one that was formulated by a, a ranger in Banff National Park, and it was maybe not bad. It seemed to have a little bit. had some catnip and some lemongrass and stuff in it, but um, yeah, mostly the spray seemed to work better even those for me that bugs love me they don't seem to work all that well there's so there's your there's your bug strategy right there just go with somebody that is going to get eaten and then they won't eat you <laughs> yeah Tim likes it when when I'm there because then they 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 come over to me see I'm not so stupid <laughs> Uh, yeah, so next thing was if your canoe gets overturned. And uh, Tim and Thomas did a paddling course this past summer that uh, covered some of those kind of things. What what you do if you are if you get dumped? Well, so in the, the whole theme of being uh, forewarned, for starters, much as you're only required to have a PFD in your uh, craft with you, wear the darn thing. <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's the first, mo- for my money, that's the most important thing to do. If you're going out in a watercraft, be have your pfd on your personal flotation device do not put it under your butt if you're dumped and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen with your canoe what's going to happen with all your gear that it just ended up in the lake then if you're floating and not having to worry about that at least that makes life easier that's one thing off yeah (laughs) yeah and you get to you think clearer all that sort of jazz so the paddling course that thomas and i took one of what i thought was a really really 
good comment uh, that the instructor made was you know paddle close to shore don't don't if you are 400 meters off the off the beach and you overturn and especially if you're into cold water or rough water or anything like that you're going to be in a heck of a lot of trouble i mean yes you can theoretically you can you can flip the canoe get most of the water out flip it back over there is a there you have to be you have to be very stable about how you do it but you can get your way back into the canoe but if you do that you know 50 meters from shore 20 meters from shore worst case you can swim dragging the heavy canoe you can swim to the beach the whatever to shore and deal with it there so much easier than trying to deal with it out in open water just from having taken that course we it's a it's an acquired skill take take a paddling course so that you can learn how to do that there you go uh well and what happens if you get to your site and someone's in it well it depends if it's backcountry there there and it depends what parks some parks have first come first serve some are reservable by site if you've reserved it by site and somebody's there uh again there could be a number of reasons why they're there there could be it could be a weather issue there could be an injury uh, it could be anything so they've they've oversubscribed because i know how this happens they've oversubscribed their abilities and they're not you know they, they don't think they can make it to the next one something like that me if it was a bunch of you know yahoos and it's just because they're goofs i might have some words with them if it's somebody who's run into uh, something i got no problem sharing my site so uh, backcountry you know i think i don't know i don't i don't think it would be a huge deal or, or you know it's like bummer paddle on find it find a different site however that needs to play if you're front country that might be i don't know somebody's confused they thought they booked that site or they thought they booked it longer than they booked it for i would have a chat with them if that went south which is possible then you know you're you're off to the front office hopefully it's still open but you're off to 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 see the uh the park ranger yeah yeah so then you're getting some assistance <laughs> some, some somebody in a position of park staff yeah yep and what happens if your fire won't start and uh this is the bane of tim's <laughs> existence is uh, ontario parks wood which is always a bit wet yeah it's it's it, it's sometimes it's wet sometimes it's still green it just hasn't cured long enough and and uh, whatever you get so front country <laughs> lots of newspapers uh, w- which isn't usually isn't a huge deal because the most of the parks put out a newspaper i usually grab two so that i can read one and use one for a fire starter and you can also get fire starters uh they're oh they're a wax there's shape wood shavings in them like like thin light wood shavings i want to say there's lint or something along those lines in with it like par- uh, sorry paraffin wax yeah paraffin wax wood shavings and something so- like a flannel or something something shaved uh, uh, like cotton maybe i'm not sure they work really well uh, they burn for uh, they burn pretty pretty decently hot uh, and they burn for for a while so it usually gets things going backcountry well you're not dealing with ontario parks wood so you're probably fine you know go go look look under trees like uh, so that so less less wet areas less rain tends to get through find uh, find as dry wood as you can get lots of uh lots of birch bark that's don't rip it off trees that are standing and alive pick it up from the ground pick it up from from branches on the ground and uh, lots of lots of birch bark or you know wickedly sharp knife you can you can shave branches into little curly cues of uh, of wood again thinner thinner is always going to start easier and better uh, and the more of it you have 
the better and you just slowly work your way up from small up to larger larger branches and and even possibly into uh to trunks or or split pieces whatever Tim spends a lot of time on his knees beside the campfire, <laughs> blowing on it as bellows. So bellows, if you happen to have bellows with you, mm-hmm. uh, or your air mattress pump can blow air onto the fire. And again, front country more likely. Be careful with that, though. You can you can also blow all kinds of ash and embers around your campsite. So <laughs> it's a it's a good idea. I saw somebody. I don't remember where, and I don't remember what it was called. But it was like it was this long tube, like a, a telescoping tube that they could sit in their chair and blow right into the center of the fire. And I thought, wow, what do you mean not on your knees getting everything all dirty and your face covered in soot? So I'm going to look for that. Uh, And next is what happens if you break your paddle while you're out paddling. If you're solo paddling and don't happen to have a spare with you, then you're going to have a hard time getting back to where you want to be going. Unless, as Tim said, if you're staying close to shore, that's going to make your life a lot easier if you've broken your paddle. Trying to rig something with um, with your broken paddle handle is not going to be the easiest thing when you're in the middle of the lake either. Um, but Tim and Thomas will usually take a spare paddle with them. Yep, uh, spare paddle, it works... Oh, I, I, it's again same, same with like wearing a PFD and taking a spare paddle. Those are those are literally the first things I do. You know, if you're close to shore, you can use the broken bit to, to get you in uh, into shore. If you've got some duct tape with you, you can go find a branch. You can do a, a, a terrible splint on it, but it'll do what it needs to do. If you're solo, again, I can't imagine not carrying a spare. Uh, although if you were double blading. And it's a it was a component like it you know break apart into uh, two two or four pieces, you know if you broke one side you could you could become a single blade paddler at that point and just use the other side. Uh, and what if you get lost on a paddle or a hike? Depends, I suppose, on whether it is a paddle or a hike. It's gonna, you're gonna have different strategies. A few things that we talked about was like GPS if you happen to have a GPS, uh, or Zolio is what what Tim takes in the backcountry, um, but you have to pre-plan that and download maps onto it oh, well onto your yeah onto the app on your phone that you, you you use with the zolio but that would do that would be not dissimilar to a gps at that point sort of poor man's gps i suppose yeah if you've got service on your phone you can always use google maps to try to find your way from where you are but you can also go old school and use compass and map uh which are always great to have those as as backup tools anyway just because and what happens if your phone dies, the battery is gone, like you, for whatever reason, don't have some electronic device to get you back, you can always rely on the compass and map. And if you happen to be close to shore, if you're out paddling, setting up a signal fire so that somebody can find you doing, you know, spelling out SOS on the beach with sticks or rocks or whatever, so that if somebody's going overhead or paddling by, they can find you. We're in scouting, we're heavy on like stay put just so that if if you're with other hikers and they know that they're missing part of their party, they'll head back on the route that they were following in order to find you. If you go running off somewhere because you're frantically trying to find people, then you're off the trail and then it's much harder to locate you. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. I agree with the stay where you are unless you do have the gps or the the what have you uh even compass and compass and map you know if you're positive you figured out where you are then then okay find yourself back to your trail to your whatever but if there's somebody else if there, if, if 
you're you're out with a party how many ever that is two or more they're going to look for you on the same route that they took so that if staying there it means you're going to be closer to the route chances are pretty big pretty high that you would if you started to wander you've got 359 degrees of potential mistake wrong directions and one degree of going in the right direction so staying where you are gives them the opportunity to find you there's there's variations to everything there's always there's always other factors it's cold it's whatever so you do have to wander to, to gather wood to build a fire you know i would stay as close to close to where you are unless you can figure out where that is and, and then you're not lost anymore <laughs> that's it for us for today thank you so much for listening i'm pamela i'm tim and we are from supergoodcamping.com please do follow us on all the social media we are on twitter facebook instagram and we have a youtube channel and if you would like to reach out to us we would love to hear from you we are at hi at supergoodcamping.com that's h-i at supergoodcamping.com and we'll talk to you again soon bye bye